0: Welcome to another live recording of the Linking the Travel Industry podcast, where we discuss travel industry news you are talking about on LinkedIn. My name is Rian, and I'm one of your hosts today. I am the CEO of Agentivity, where we make it our mission to elevate the serviceability of travel management companies
1: welcome everyone and my name is Anne. I'm a consultant with LeapShift and happy to help you with anything related to retailing, NDC, one order and distribution. I also work as an instructor both with IOTA and
2: AeroClass. Hi everyone my name is Ash and I'm a host of a weekly business travel podcast called What's Up in Business Travel where we give you only the important updates in under 15 minutes. Additionally I'm the vice president at Traxo and this is Linking the Travel Industry.
0: Thank you, everybody, for joining us and giving us your time today. For those new to this recording, this is where we discuss last week's most talked about LinkedIn stories. And this is turned into a podcast, which Ash will tell you a bit more about towards the end of the session. So our first story last week that Caught My Eye was a post, I think it was in the uh, Business Travel News Europe. Uh, edition about Amadeus and Microsoft partnering together to add a bit of AI magic to their various tools they offer their travel buyers. Um, And they're doing this in conjunction with Accenture, I imagine, in some sort of uh, initial first customer trial. Effectively, it's going to look at integrating AI into the various uh, Microsoft 365 tools where travelers can, and I quote, complete complex travel-related tasks using so-called natural language um nothing surprising here it's good to see that uh, focus is there
1: No I mean any focus on customer centricity and making life easier for customers of course is a step in the right direction and I just you know think the more AI or more AI help we can get to um alleviate the the better really
0: now, I say this a lot, Anne, but the bar is very low, right? I mean, yes. I just... I
1: it's just, very, very low. I just it's completed
0: yeah. a, a purchase of a Swiss ticket. Uh, well, there's a Lutanza ticket just to Munich and back, and it was such a pain. It was unbelievable. Yeah, so, Ash, what do you think of Amadeus and Microsoft? Are they going to crack that nut?
2: So a couple other stories that uh, were similar uh, that were in the news, right? Delta announced some AI news this past week as well. Uh, you had Sabre launching a seat upgrade tool using AI. We're seeing more AI coming out of the travel industry.
0: Let's move on. There's some uh, more aircraft order news that came out of Europe and the, the U.S. Air France KLM announced uh, new orders were $16 billion. And Air Canada ordered 18 new uh, Dreamliners uh, of the 787-10 type. So just interesting to note – same with airlines i think and one of your favorite down under airlines bonza did you see that they're expanding into package holidays and they will now able travelers to book an entire holiday within the app and that was a Mm. a big announcement that came out of Mm. the markets
1: impressive impressive you know all within the app and uh i I took a look at the route network the other day and wow i mean yes it's it's impressive Ash, are you getting used to the name Bonza?
2: Yeah, I mean it's kind of uh, slowly uh, becoming somewhat better of a than, norm, be, at least on the call, level. it is. Yeah, and and Rian, regarding apps, right? I've seen a, a huge spike in how airlines are really making their apps a lot, lot better than the, what it used to be before. It just used to be here's my itinerary and little oh. things like that, but now they got baggage tracking. Now uh, yes. you know you can upgrade yourself, rebook yourself, uh, and it's all done um, automatically. So the airline app scenario is definitely picking up quite a bit, which makes me scratch my head and wonder what are we going to do in managed travel? Because in managed travel, we're trying to promote the uh, booking tool app or the airline or or the agency apps. And unless those apps are keeping up with some of the functionality of the airline apps, going to be any big upgrades, at least using AI within the managed travel space.
0: Ashrafam, I absolutely welcome that because That intensity from the airlines and their focus on that is definitely going to put pressure on the travel management companies to up their game with the apps they offer their customers. And and that can only be good for the customer, right? So um, I'm really hoping that the agents pick up on that and put some development in it themselves.
1: I really hope that we will also see that those barriers are broken down so that the customer can really, in an easy way, use the airline app regardless of where they have made the booking. You know that that's something I'm very passionate about that it should be easy to just move from from channel or application to another application.
2: Well yeah. today I mean if you book with the you know a managed travel company of any kind you can definitely view your reservation on the airline app. I've not seen yeah. any airline push back on that. Um, but the flip side of it is the difficult part. And just and just the traveler getting used to what they see in the airline app and then going to a managed travel app and wondering why they don't see that same functionality or why they can't do more with that app. So I think that that mm. discrepancy mm. Uh, needs mm. to be closed.
1: But I mean discrepancy is something that we've seen we've seen so much of, right? I was judging different airline apps at the aviation festival in Lisbon this week, and you know it's fascinating to just see this discrepancy between airlines, how much you know some airlines are capable of doing and and you know and then it's like light years to to the next app and the next functionality. So I think it's uh, it's just the way things are um, at the moment and just hope that people will up their game, right?
0: I thought this was amazing to hear this and and very interesting. And Ash, I would love to hear your opinion on this one. But I read about Ukraine's SkyUp Airlines. They received a foreign air carrier certificate to operate, I believe, even within the U.S., but obviously to and from the U.S. as well. That's quite significant.
2: But Ash, what do you make of that story? Mm, nothing really an airline that got approval <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh interesting okay fine have you uh, do you
1: know uh, SkyUp airline and so, so i didn't really quite understand it did they actually get approval to fly to from the u.s or was it actually, i read it the way it was flying within the u.s familiar? no no
2: no it's to and from no foreign airline is allowed to fly within as far as i understand
1: i don't think so right
0: Uh, my next story relates to an acquisition made by TAG, the Appointment Group, that's a UK-based agent, although they are pretty much everywhere now, but uh, they are headquarters in the UK and they've acquired a Sydney-based conference and incentive agent called CCM Travel. Good acquisition for them, very nice to see another UK agent expanding.
1: Yes, and of course more consolidation, we keep seeing more consolidation and that's very expected, right? More no acquisitions, consolidations, and mergers. Yes. Definitely going to continue. Moving
0: on from there, I, I found this a very interesting post. There was an official comment from Ryanair on their LinkedIn feed where they say, we welcome the European Commission's decision to block Booking.com's proposed anti-competitive acquisition of e Very interesting. Somebody send that to me with a question, story
1: behind the story. It is very interesting. And there must be, a, well, of course, there is a story behind the story. I guess that, you know, this acquisition would go through. So the enormous power of Booking.com and e really having all the components, would pose a real sort of serious GDS threat, actually, at some point, wouldn't it? Yes.
0: Yeah, and what Ryanair is saying is that they say their current ability to dictate commission levels to hotels all over the EU mm. with mm. Travelli's mm. advanced screen scraping technology, um, if that combination then starts targeting mm. airline websites, it will result in more consumers being overcharged for their flights. If these two digital giants were allowed to match, that's according to Ryanair. But I, I didn't think about the GDS threat as well, and that is an interesting angle.
1: Because, I mean, let's face it, Ryanair, I mean, they, they don't allow you to screen scrape anyway. So, I mean, how is that relevant? The only way I see it is, is that it then poses yes, they would become immensely powerful, of course, and they would be in the position of actually dictate and they would become some sort of threat to the GDSs. But then again, we really have a oligopoly of GDSs as well. It's not as Mm. if we have a ton of players.
0: Staying with Ryanair, there's their CEO, Michael O'Leary. He was now openly calling for the resignation of the Gatwick air traffic control chief after the recent fiasco there where staffing issues were clearly an issue. So he's not, uh, he's known to be vocal, of course, about these issues, and he wasn't holding back on this one. Doubt if that's going to happen right, Anne, I mean, that's probably water of the duck's back. Mm.
2: But nonetheless, he yes. said it. So there we yes. go. Yes. I mean, we can't we can't fire everybody all the time. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I mean, there comes a point where we have to say, okay, we need some people that can work, right? So we're, we're going from a scenario where people, you know, we don't have enough to firing the people. It doesn't make any sense. We need more traffic controllers, not less, even if it's the chief.
0: And then I want to move on to, and I believe this is one of your other favorite airlines, and Viva Aerobus. Didn't we talk about them recently? Well, yes. They expanded their loyalty program, include buses. Now they're going to be right on your doorstep, Ash. I saw on the post by Edward Russell that they are announcing new destinations. So they're adding five new U.S. destinations and six new routes. So they are including Austin, Denver, Miami, New York, JFK, Oakland, and Orlando. Are you ready to hop on an Aerobus, Ash?
2: Yeah, I'm not going to do that. They're obviously making a lot of moves and they're going into all these markets all across. I mean, it's pretty much a big fan across the U.S. here uh, when you look at all these destinations. I mean, northeast, uh, southwest, southern cities, and all of this is connecting Monterey. So it seems like Monterey is trying to eat up some of the traffic that went into Cancun. But By the way, uh, Rian and Anne, this is all because uh, the U.S. government has upgraded Mexico's aviation designation. So Mexico was under category two, uh, which meant that they could not add any new flights into the U.S. But now Mexico is back to a category one, which means that they now have the ability to add more flights into. So we'll see probably we'll see a lot of moves as a result of that decision
0: very interesting. Okay, before I continue, I just want to turn over to the audience and just again say thank you for giving us your time today. We really appreciate it. We aim with this session to not just share the news with you, but also connect people in the industry and make sure that you are connected to other industry peers. So if you haven't gone through the list of attendees already and connected to as many of them as you can, I would urge you to do so. But we also do a call out to a specific what we call link of the week. And this week, just to say thank you for your continued presence here Mike Thompson from Blue Ribbon Bags is our link of the week Mike you've been a solid listener now for weeks on end really thank you for that Uh, if you're not connected to Mike um, I suggest that you do he's a Blue Ribbon Bags he's a great connection to have and um, Mike I hope you enjoy being our link of the week thank you for being such a good listener and for the others in the audience thank you for giving us your time we really appreciate that so there is our link of the week got a few more stories left on my list. Most of them are obviously airline related, seems to be dominant this week, um, except for this one, which is a great and very interesting announcement. I saw that Hotel Beds and Hopper announced a new distribution agreement. And this is uh, phenomenal because it's a, it's a global distribution partnership with Hopper, between Hotel Bits and Hopper. And um, it really is very interesting how this is going to play out. And I have to say, three, four, five years ago, you wouldn't have seen this sort of announcement, but this is, this is significant. So, Ash, I'm going to turn to you for some comment on this one. I'm sure you have a few thoughts on this.
2: There's also the partnership with uh, WebBeds as well, right? That's so right. This, a, a dual scenario happening. So, you know, ho- hotel beds brings spain based properties. Then uh, WebBeds brings in Australian, I think, Australian-based mm-hmm. content into the yeah. process, right? I kind of don't like the WebBeds name. I think no. they should change it. No, it absolutely. kind of reminds me of wet beds. I have a hard time with that. Uh, but all of this is, is good, provided that Hopper can actually take all this content, right, and push it through all its channels, which it's intending to do, Good for Hopper, and I think with the exit from the Expedia relationship, this is uh, probably what they needed.
0: Absolutely, spots on,
2: yes. But I wonder how many people actually ever book hotel through Hotel Beds or Web Beds. I've never. Have either one of you?
0: Never. I- Man, yeah, okay. I can tell you, the hotel bed's reputation in the industry, in the trade industry, where the industry, you know, where the trade books direct for the customers is not great. The the post-booking service, I see a lot of comments on the industry forums where they complain about that. And if they didn't have a contact, it's difficult, etc. The actual content, of course, is is always supplied. But I have seen them struggle with that one a little bit.
2: So I wonder if this is really going to be a, you know, at the end, will it be good for Hopper or not? Maybe not based on this. I mean it's one thing to say, Oh, we have millions of new hotels, it's another thing that nobody wants to book it. Yes. <laughs> Indeed.
0: So let's see where that goes. And I'd be very I'm very interested I mean, I would love to be in a fly on the wall and the other major distribution networks and their thoughts on this. But uh let's see let's see what happens here. Another very interesting story. I think we talked about this last week. I actually think this was your extra story last week. Actually, we talked about the changes happening at Delta Airlines and all the you know updates they're making to their car Miles uh, program to make it more difficult for people to get in. And you have to spend some actual money now. Apparently, they've gotten so much feedback from customers that their CEO Ed Bastian admitted that the changes probably went too far. And so they are actually thinking about walking back some of those changes before I ask you guys for comments, I also want to say that I saw in a post from our friend Mark Ross Smith at Status Match, who is the absolute uh, insider on status programs. His comments on this fiasco, as he calls it, was that as a result, JetBlue said they would status match up to 30,000 Delta elites. Frontier Airlines launched a brilliant status match offer the day after Delta announced this bad news, and Alaska Airlines is going after credit cards in the customers at uh, Delta. So it says to me him, it sounds like there's more than 50,000 plus Delta frequent flyers that could have taken up that offer from these other airlines and likely many more to come. So he thinks it's really bad news for Delta as well. Ash, I'm sure you have some thoughts on this because it's in your backyard, right?
2: The other status match offers, I mean, it's good that JetBlue try to take advantage of it, Alaska try to take advantage of it. But if you're a Delta frequent flyer and you have status, are you really going to be satisfied with JetBlue and Alaska's network? Probably not. And you're going to find yourself back in the arms of the Delta Airlines. So I guess it's great for publicity. It's good for some noise uh, to be created and so forth and so on. The other thing also is when you make this decision, you know, it's really hard to turn back tides because the announcement has already gone out. People have already been irritated, pissed off, whatever. So there's nothing you can do about that. Now the question is, did your original decision not have any legs to stand on and therefore you're wavering now because you have some negative feedback coming in? Or do you have the ability to stand straight and fight the the market and say, hey, you know, this is good for our company because that's the reason why you made the decision in the first place. So why are you backtracking?
0: I would 100% agree. And yeah, it's probably what happened. Absolutely. And any thoughts from your end?
1: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And also the status match is pretty insignificant when it comes from JetBlue and Frontier in Alaska. I mean, depending on what type of Delta customer you are. I'm really surprised at this sort of backtracking because to me, to make some radical changes, you shouldn't that sort of be better prepared? Um, it surprises me. I think Asha's I huh.
0: hitting the nail on the head there, and it's probably investor money talk. Yeah, right? it's probably yeah. driven by that uh, because it's, it's not an yeah. easy decision there to make. And then on my list, the last story, and I have an extra story, but this is my last story on my list that I posted about last week was the fact that uh, the incoming Qantas CEO, Vanessa Hudson pretty much started a new job by uh, issuing an an apology video. And um, Ashwinan, I know you guys didn't watch it. I did watch it, and it is... It's not a, it's not a great uh, video to watch and I I have to say I can't for the life of me imagine who works in their PR and thought this was okay to go out. So I don't know if anybody in the audience watched that video but it is it is akin to seeing, you know, a politician apologize about a scandal. It's just not very nice at all, very scripted, very, you know, impersonal. So Not off to a great start there. And I'm sure you'll watch the video later on, but... um, I will most certainly do
1: that, yes. Why why do airlines make these mistakes all the time, right? Uh, I just don't understand it. And especially especially following all this commotion that we've seen in Qantas, I mean, it doesn't take rocket science that you really have to prepare. If you're going to do an apology video, I (laughs) would recommend that you really gave it some thought.
2: I do feel bad for her because, you know, here she is, new CEO, now she's got to go on TV and, and cameras right away and deal with it. So I'm sure she was super nervous to begin with. And, uh, you know, it's not a good way to start a new job. I mean, you you know, you always imagine if you're going to be a CEO one day that you start with something new and, and a collaboration or innovation or something, but an apology, you know, that's, that's how you start. And then a series of apologies, not just one. I think it's probably, I feel bad for her.
0: Not a great start. Okay. I have an extra story. Ash, you alluded to it at the beginning of the conversation, but I saw this post on Focuswire. It's about Sabre and then launching a thing called Sabre Upgrade IQ, an artificial intelligence-based solution to help airlines optimize their premium cabin inventory and obviously, you know, work with consumers on doing that upgrade we back to that kudos to the industry for at least focusing on that and thinking of ways in which AI could help this is a great example so that was my extra story and i know you have been had a hectic week at the world aviation festival and all that stuff so you might not have an extra story for us but if you don't you you mentioned. This oh, to who chance, won? But, well yes. I
1: actually do have a story from Aviation Festival. Okay. But first of all, uh, winning the airline app was United Airlines and well deserved. Mm. Well deserved. Yeah, I must say. And I, I really there was just so much stuff that they presented that I I really think it's, it's uh, really well done. And they do have a very customer-centric fo- focus. But I do have a bit of breaking news that seems to, from, from Aviation Festival, well for me it was breaking news and I know it is for, for you guys too. And that was when I was, um, I did a fireside chat with Spirit Airlines and um, they made the, nou- the announcement that they have an NDC API. You remember how I've always said that I'm going to eat my hat if there is a low-cost carrier that ventures into NDC or who are bothered in you know doing anything in the NDC space and it was a good thing he didn't bring a hat to Lisbon he threatened to do that actually just just one second
0: just one second we need this one (laughs) <laughs> That's unbelievable.
1: And that is. I know. Cool. I was really surprised that it hasn't caught more attention because to me, this is well to, to all of us. Right. I mean, this is this is pretty big that they sort of said, yeah, you know, we, f- we find this uh, very, uh, very valid for us to do.
0: Well, thank you, Anne. And uh, Ash, any extra stories from your side?
2: I see a, a report that came out from IdeaWorks Company. Did you guys see the car trawler yearbook? Yep. The ancillary uh, revenue um, yes. piece of, The numbers are pretty amazing. So the airline, the most ancillary revenue collected was upwards of 60, uh, almost $69 billion in 2022, 50% increase year over year. And uh, of course, we all know ancillary revenue, so no need to talk about that. But really, what we're seeing is that this is a fastly, uh, very quickly becoming a major, major part of an airline's business. And the reason why this is interesting to me is because this entire area of the business managed travel is not involved in in any yeah. way or form we don't book ancillary revenue we don't earn revenue from ancillary revenue i know there's some outliers out there so let's forget about those for a second but mm-hmm. it's not the norm at all and this is definitely not uh, things that travel policies embrace so travel policies oh no we don't want to offer any extras we don't want people to spend more money we don't want so the airlines are eating this up away from the managed travel and managed travel is losing. A major, major component of their ability to talk to airlines, have relationship with airlines. In all the categories that matter to them, selling a basic seat on a flight is no longer interesting to anybody, including mm-hmm. the passenger. The market cap for this is about $100 billion, so we still have $40 billion to go.
0: The note that I'm writing down from that, Ash, is if they can collect $69 billion in incident revenue and they are this bad at uh, retailing today, <laughs> imagine what will happen if they crack that retailing nuts. The opportunity yeah. is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And and Ash, it's such a great point to make. You know, that's that's such a big pie, and and it is managed travel looking at that at all? Okay, well, Ash and Anne, as always, thank you very much for your contribution and time. Uh, we do this weekly, as Ash will remind you in a second. From my side, I just want to say and thank you very much, and good bon voyage, rest of your journey for the week, and Ash, uh, enjoy your week. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Thank you, Rian and Ash.
2: All right, everyone. We host this LinkedIn audio call every week on Monday, and it is all about linking the travel industry. Please do share this event with others that you know. Chances are high that if you enjoyed today's session, others that you know will as well. And if you cannot make it because of time zone or availability, we make the session available as a podcast on Business Travel 360. This is Linking the Travel Industry, signing off.